Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you with us once again as I sit down with yet another gentleman who has an impressive story to tell and... That just begins, really, to kind of dive into the story this person I'm bringing on today. His name is Sean. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we're talking, man. I'm excited to dive into things. So let's get it going with that first question. Tell us, Sean, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? I think what qualifies me to be on the Fat Guy Forum is just my overall consistency with my weight loss journey. Um, my weight has been a nightmare from the very beginning because um, I pretty much struggle with obesity, just like most people here and that or has visited the Fat Guy Forum, um, being overweight like most of my life, and now overcoming that and kind of getting in the gears of trying to new- change like my nutritional habits and my eating and exercising. I think is what brought me a place here at the Fire Guy Forum, which I can appreciate. And you reached your heaviest weight when you were twenty five. But take yeah. us into kind of how that happened, man. You were you ended up over five hundred pounds, but that just doesn't happen overnight. What was it like? No. Were you big were you a bigger kid growing up? What what was that like? Yeah, so my high weight is five hundred and thirty eight pounds. Yes, I was definitely a big kid growing up since like at five years old is when I kind of seen myself rapidly increase my weight. Um, in fourth grade, I literally weighed 210 pounds. And it just gradually kept on, you know, the weight kept on coming on because I loved to eat. I was a foodie. Um, growing up, I was like kind of the only child. So I was like, food was like my support if I was feeling bored or didn't have anything to do. And what, what do you think really influenced your relationship with food? I think it was just a coping mechanism. So, like, when, if anything else would have disappointed me in life, food was, like, the one thing that dis- that didn't disappoint. I loved the flavor. Everything that I, I ate, I enjoyed, and I kept eating. For me, I didn't have any limit to when it comes to eating. I felt like eating was my escape to get away with everything, whether it was bullying in school, bullying by family members. It was just kind of my way to kind of escape everything and be happy. And you said it at five, you noticed that your weight was going up and, you know, obviously saw that, that weight in the fourth grade. When did you really, Mm -hmm. when do you think was the first time that you were conscious? Okay. I I need to do something like you felt that yourself. Had your family tried to do anything like what take us into that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it was really, it really struck on me when my family had basically sat down, like my mom, my stepdad included, like they was very concerned about how much weight I was putting on going into middle school. Um, And they 
kind of did. They kind of got me engaged to outdoor activities and wanted me to go to camps so I can kind of be more active. But for me, it wasn't something that I didn't really like doing. I was just stuck in my ways mentally that I just love food. I don't want to do anything else besides eat. Um, so I had a lot of family and friends that were kind of struck by that and kind of alarmed at how, how far my weight was getting. But me, I just felt like it was nothing wrong with me. I'm, I'm okay. Like, leave me alone. Mm. And when, when did you have that moment where you thought, I need to do something? That was when I started to really see the health issues. So when I was a kid, you know, I thought in my head, like, hey, I'm going to live a long time. Like, I have a carefree life. I'm good. I'm breathing. As I started to get to my adulthood is when I seen a lot of medical problems. When I had the sore back every day. I, my feet were swollen. I was going into pre-diabetic stage. That is when I really started to mentally realize, like, okay, Sean, it's becoming a problem you're headed down the wrong road. And that was kind of something in my head was like, hey, you need to make this change or you're not even going to live before 30. And was that when you were at your heaviest or had that happened earlier? It happened a little earlier. This is when I was in 400s, in the mm -hmm. 400. So did you, did you attempt to diet then? Like what, what happened? Yes. So at that point, I used to, I, it was all over the place where I kind of started to do walking, like kind of walk around the complex or around my neighborhood, um, maybe do like 20 minutes of cardio. I kind of went into the gym a little bit and kind of did some weightlifting, kind of get me to where feeling more active again. However, my mindset wasn't there. And I thought I was ready for the rapid change, but I wasn't. Like I was still not doing the proper eating habits in order for me to lose weight. And which did you cause me to lose more weight. Oh, and did you see success? I did. Eventually, like the first starting point, I lost like maybe like five or six pounds in the beginning stage when I, that first month when I realized I was having health issues. But then for me, I started to revert back to weight gaining and I felt like food was still like my happy place because I gave up too quickly. My mindset wasn't there for me to actually make this. And, and where, because I think that's something sometimes people that don't struggle with weight issues don't really get into. Like where, where was your mindset at that you could look at the health issues mounting and the life that you were living and you could say, this is okay. Yeah. Um, I really think, so you're saying like, like when did I really realize like well, this well, was okay? No. Yeah. Or more so like, cause, cause I relate a lot to the, the story you're telling, even like our, our weights line up in a lot of ways, like. I was literally only two pounds heavier than you at my heaviest. I, you know, was, I think the same, same weight in that fourth and fifth grade range. I reached a point where I knew what was happening, but I just had decided that I was just going to accept that this was my life and this was what I was going to be. You know, did mm -hmm. you reach that point? Like, what was that like for you? I did. This was when like I was headed to my senior year, like in almost graduating. I felt like, you know what? I, this is me. Like I'm, I'm okay being big in my head. I was like, I don't think nothing is wrong with me. So I'm going to accept the fact that this is me and this is my life, and no one can't tell me what to do or how to live my life. I was in so like I was in defense mode. I felt like you were wrong. I was right. I know I'm okay. I know I don't have any health issues. Like that was literally my mental state at that time. 
No, I uh, 100% relate to that. And I think it's something a lot of people go through that idea that we get put on the defensive because, you know, I know for me, like whenever anyone would confront me, whether it was a, a stranger or a friend, it almost made me eat more. Yeah, it did. I didn't like that. I felt like when people used to talk to me and sit me down by, about my weight, to me, I felt like I was being attacked. But to them, they were concerned. So the more in my head, when I felt like they were attacking me, the more I tend to food. Because again, the people you interact with, they talk to you, but food doesn't. Food doesn't have to, you know, food doesn't attack you. Food doesn't criticize you. So that's why I ate, because I knew food didn't judge me. It was more so people judging me. Oh, well, that's, a, that's an excellent point. And what was your life like during that time? Like, what was it like physically for you? Physically, it was a nightmare. Um, just imagine you going on a field trip. Like, for instance, I can tell you a story when I was going on a class field trip in high school, going to Universal Studios, which is, of course, everybody knows what Universal Studios is, right? But as you approach, when, when you're having a group of people with you and, you know, everybody's having a great time, but then when you get to the roller coaster part and you're finding out that you can't even fit on a roller coaster because of your weight, I mean, that at right there is not only embarrassing, but it hurt my pride and I was disappointed. Um, and that was one of the reasons why, you know, in my head, I, sh I know I should make the change, but in my other, but another part of me is telling me like, hey, I'm good. I don't need to lose weight. I'm fine. It's just the roller coaster is just too small. Maybe they'll make a bigger size later. I used to always find an excuse out of everything, but I never took self accountability. No, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Like it's it's one of those things where we have these experiences that we think. You know, like the average person on the outside looking in thinks should push you to want to make the change, but it's almost like within our own heads, we're able to just reinforce keeping things the way that they are. So that experience at Universal, I think a lot of people listening will think, well, that should be, you know, when you can't get onto a roller coaster, you can't get onto an amusement park ride, you can't fit into those things, those spaces, that should be the turning point. What do you think it was, you know, about the life you were living that had you saying, you know, like you, you were starting to say to me, you know, maybe they'll make a bigger roller coaster, but, you know, eventually they'll change those things to fit me. Like, what do you think gave you that attitude? I think because for me, like, I, I, it was just a, a mental thing where, I don't know, like, I felt like maybe in my head, I was a normal size. Like, I kept on, you know, thinking mind like there's nothing wrong like I'm not obese like I'm a regular size human being to other people I was you know my weight was alarming but for me I felt like I was okay with who I am I felt like in my head if I can still fit clothes if I can still fit through a door if I can you know sit in a chair and not break it then I feel like I'm at a normal weight so that was what my mindset was at the time so I just automatically justified like hey you know, roller coasters are typically small anyway, because I heard from even from skinnier people that, you know, that were skinny, like, hey, those roller coasters are kind of tight. So, you know, it's okay. So I kind of use that as my excuse, like, you know what, those, those roller coasters are tight. So, you know, I don't have to worry about it. Maybe next time. That was kind of my justification. And it's so powerful what our, what our minds can do in terms of normalizing our lives when we're that yeah. big. Like, right. You know, things that might stand out to someone else just feel like every day, you know, even the challenges of moving our bodies around and getting up and feeling those pains immediately, 
it mm-hmm. becomes normal. Yeah, it did. And that's why it didn't really save me. Like, you know, having the back pain and having the swollen feet. And again, and that's where, like, to your point, mindset is just a powerful thing. I'm like, in my head, I was like, okay, you know, this is normal. You know, this, you know, you know, I'm growing up. It's called growing pains, right? So it's fine. Like, I'll have to deal with it. I'll just take an aspirin or a Tylenol. I'll be okay. But I had to really think, like, these are the warning signs that I didn't really take seriously as far as weight. Like, these are the signs. Like, Sean, you need to really sit back and think about where your life is headed. And now when you got to, you got to your heaviest weight at a young age, you know, you were 25 when you were 538 pounds. Had you known that you were, like, had you been paying attention to your weight up to that point? Like, did you even have a conception of what you weighed? No, when I first found out I was 538 pounds, I was kind of blown away um, and kind of emotional by it because I didn't understand why did I lead myself into this. I thought for me, I was going to be the most, maybe like 400, maybe 380, but I did not expect when I first found out how much I weighed that it was really 538. And what were the circumstances going on that you actually did find out your weight? So it was a situation where I was having a lot of sleep apnea um, when, you know, I had trouble breathing in my sleep. Um, so that's what kind of led me go to go to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor, they was like, yeah, it's sleep apnea is, you know, due to the weight. You know, you're also pre-diabetic. And when they finally, you know, when they checked my weight and they, they sat me down, they was like, hey, Sean, you're 538 pounds. This is not the ideal weight that you should be at this age of 25 years old. So once I started to develop that sleep apnea and went to the doctor, that's when everything kind of kicked in and that's when it was revealed that I weighed that that much. And what, so what happened then? At that point, I kind of, I had to take a moment to kind of get my thoughts together. Like, okay, so I weighed this much. Like, what am I going to do? You know, how, like, what it, like, my thoughts was just everywhere. Like, okay, how do I come up with a game plan to rectify this issue? I already know, like, in my head, like, I know I can't justify this no more. Like, Sean, you know you're going in the wrong way. So at that point, my doctor was kind of coming up with options like, hey, we need to kind of put you up on a nutritional game plan. You need to see a nutritionist. We need to get your eating right. You need to start exercising. You need to start being mobile. Um, and that's when the introduction to surgery came into play later down the line once I started to follow the nutrition. And what was it like, you know, as I think especially as someone, you know, that had normalized being that big, like it had just become that was your life, to hear doctors suggesting to you that you have surgery? I, I'm going to lie to you. I kind of cried a little bit, Mike. I did because I didn't, I couldn't believe, like, I was at a point where if I don't do something now, I can literally die. This is where everything kind of hit me where if I don't make a sudden change right now, I will not make it to 30 years old or or sooner. I could potentially die sooner because of how much I weighed. So that, my thoughts was kind of everywhere, but I kind of got really emotional. And I knew at that point I had to figure out something to do. So what... Did it start with nutrition? Like, did you know that surgery was going to be the option? Like, where where did that kind of all get going for you? 
Yeah, so I started with my nutrition. So what I did was I kind of like eliminated like my, my, the bread, the sugar, the carbs. I had to really kind of think about a lot of high protein foods. Um, my doctor told me if I was able to be consistent in that, in that nutritionary program, then I would be approved for surgery. Um, so I did what he told me to do because again, I didn't, you know, I, I had to change my mindset. I had to figure out how to get you know, to a more healthier weight, you know? So I had to kind of listen to what my doctor was telling me. Like that was the moment after he told me about how much I weighed, I had to make a change. Um, so I followed their, you know, their nutritionary plan. Um, we met like towards like every month, like to kind of track my weight progress. And I started to see the weight go down because I followed the nutritionary diet. And also I've been going into the gym um, at least a minimum of four times a week. And that's what kind of set my behavior to go in the right direction. And what, because I think this is a, is, is a question that comes up for a lot of people, you know, when they're seeing someone, you know, who, who had gotten so significantly overweight and started to make change, you know, what do you think, what was it about the surgical option that seemed like a, that was an attractive tool to you? I think because of how I've seen other people had done it, because I had other peers of mine that I also worked with and also am friends with outside of work. They also had the surgery. So it, once I got to know the weight loss community group and how I seen their transformation and how that weight loss changed their lives and how they're able to still maintain that weight loss after the surgery, that kind of intrigued me to be like, hey, I want to get like that. But I knew before I, I even get into that world, I need to change my mindset. So I knew that if I didn't make a mindset change, the weight loss surgery would not be successful. So I had to A, come up with the game plan to make sure I'm consistent in this weight loss, B, change my mindset as well, and also just make sure like to be consistent in order to see, see the same results that my other peers had done or had accomplished. I'd, I'd really like to talk a little bit about the mindset change because I think when you talked about your relationship with food, knowing that food was a comfort, was a coping mechanism, was something you turned to, like you said, food was the friend that didn't talk back. Where was your head at knowing that now physically that friend was going to be taken from you? Like, how did you work Ooh. on that? I had to work. I had to literally sit back and think like, I just had to really reflect. It was hard. Like, it was hard. So imagine you for, for years and years being big all your life. Food was always the go-to. And then all of a sudden, you're, you cut that away. Food is no longer going to be a constant part of your life. I mean, I had to literally make, sh in my mind, I had to literally figure out like, hey, before I was eating to die, but I need to eat to live this time. So I had to really kind of figure out how to not make food every single thing in my life. Like, food, you need food to live. But I was eating food the wrong way. I was eating the bad foods the wrong way because I was going down the wrong road. So I had to change that upon myself. I just had to sit back and talk to other people as well that had done the weight loss surgery and figure out, like, how did they, you know, get cut that addiction off? And they kind of told me, well, Sean, you can still live your life and eat the way you want. But at the same time, you have to think about smaller portions as well. You have to think about portion control. Like you can still eat, but you cannot go excessively and go crazy and go insane amount of calories and eating garbage. Um, 
So I had to literally, it took a lot of discipline. It, it really did. It, 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 was, it was hard. It was hard. Oh, I bet that it was. And was there at any point during that preparation that you were second-guessing the decision to have the surgery or you were deciding that you couldn't go through with it? Like, what was that? What was it like mentally as you got closer to that point? Mentally, it was like fighting a war within yourself because it's like I had doubts. Like, just like I had all the justifications in my head that I was normal, nothing is wrong with me, I had those same doubts like, hey, what if this surgery is not right for me? What if I start to regret it? What if I can't get my mindset to change? What if, you know, food is my part, is everything? What if there's something that is not going to work out for me? How am I going to deal with that? But again, I had to really sit back and take accountability for myself. Like, Sean, you made it this far being big. And if you continue to go down that route, you won't be here to see, you know, your, your family grow up. You won't be here to see all the other things in life. There's more to life besides food. Food is, of course, you need food to live, but you don't want to make food everything or everything a part of your life. So I had to literally, like, I had to think about the bigger picture. Like, I wanted to be here to see my cousins and see my family. I don't want to die at a young age mm -hmm. because of food. Which is a real fear because it, when you're f over 500 pounds, regardless of what age you are, that's, mm -hmm. that's dangerous. That is. You know, you can, people can feel okay and be happy with themselves, you know, and I don't begrudge anyone that at all. But the reality is, is that your mortality is threatened when, you, when you're that significantly overweight. Right. I mean, just the thought of, you know, people looking at you in, in, a, in a certain way when you're walking down the aisles or walking in public. I mean, for God's sake, I had a police officer literally tell me, you know, pulled me over. They saw me walking with a group of friends and they were like, you know, you need to get in a serious, you know, you need to get in shape or you're, you're, you're not going to live long. Like, imagine you walking around minding your own business and the police officer randomly pulls you with a group of friends and tell you, hey, if you don't get your act together, you're not going to live. Like, can you imagine that? <laughs> so I literally had to make a, a, a whole lifestyle change. And what... What were the most significant things you had to change before surgery? Well, number one, my mindset, for sure. I can't stress that enough. Um, I had to literally change, like, the way the food that was in my house. I had to throw all the junk food away. Um, I had to kind of get prepared to kind of be more active. So that means I had to change, like, how I was moving. I can't sit, for, you know, can't just sit on the couch all day. I have to get myself active and moving. Because the more you move, the easier it's going to get as far as weight. You have to start somewhere. So I had to change my mindset. I had to change everything I was eating. And I also had to get more active in order for me to prepare for this new change. And what, what surgery was it that you had? Because I know there's several out there. Yep. So mine was called the duodenal slit surgery. This is one of the most invasive surgeries that kind of lose, you lose about 70 to 80% of your stomach. Um, and you also lose about 80% of excess fat. Um, so it's similar to the gastric bypass and the gastric sleeve mix combined. So it's like a two-in-one type of deal. But this surgery, not a lot of people know too much about it, but it is for morbidly obese people that has like a BMI of 60 or higher. Those are the, that is the specialized surgery that they have for highly obese people. And so you have the surgery. 
What was mm-hmm. life like right after? It was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. My mindset was everywhere. Like, because again, I came from me being able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, at any time, to now after surgery, again, you're in so much pain because, you know, you just had surgery. You can't eat anything because the first two weeks you're on a liquid diet. And plus, it's like your stomach is, you're pretty much resetting your body. It's like your body going to have to learn how to eat all over again when you have these types of surgeries. So not having food was a complete nightmare. On the, on the plus side, though, I wasn't hungry. I didn't have any hunger cravings. But again, my mind, you know, my mindset didn't fully change yet. So it was like I, I thought I was hungry and I, I want food, but I know deep down I can't because I just had surgery. So it was a nightmare. It was, it was fighting with my stomach and my mind all at once. Oh, I bet. And so yeah. how did the recovery go for you? So for the first two weeks, um, it was kind of rough. We're dealing with the after pains. But over time, um, I would say about the first, like the second month or so, things started to progress because I started to see a lot of weight loss. And I started to see a change once, like those first two months. And, when, and I was like... No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's when I kind of, um, you know, Seemed like, okay, I could probably do this. And when was it that you had the surgery? October 15th, 2020. So we're not even two years out yet for you. Nope. And I've already lost 308 pounds. Can you say that again? You, you, you trailed off a little there at the end. Yep, I lost 308 pounds. So that's an incredible change, incredibly fast. What has it been like adjusting, you know, to almost, you know, it, it's cliche, but it's like literally like you're waking up in a new body every day. Like, what has it been like for you? It has been honestly amazing. I mean, seeing now how much weight I've lost has been, it's just been a, a, an exciting, exhilarating change. I mean, being able to walk into a regular store and buy a, a regular pair of jeans or a shirt from like Old Navy or Kohl's or one of these known department stores versus having to, before, getting close tailored, you know, going into big and tall. I mean, I used to pay 80, 60 to 80 bucks for like a pair of jeans. Now I'm paying like 20 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So number one, I'm saving so much money. Number two, I'm able to go to like a regular store or to the mall and buy regular size clothes. Like that is amazing. I mean, on the flip side of that, I feel like sometimes I have an identity crisis because you go from being big all your life to now you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing a complete facial change, a complete body transformation change. And it's like, sometimes I don't even recognize myself. Sometimes I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm like in awe, you know? So it's, it's, it's a complete change. Oh, yeah. And what, coming through this experience of losing, you know, 308 pounds in about a year and a half, mm-hmm. what, have, what have been the most unexpected things that have come? You know, good, bad, and the ugly. Like, what have been the most unexpected things on this journey for you so far? Um, I think, for me, I know this probably sounds cheesy, but... It was unexpected for me to finally tie my shoe without not breathing heavily. I mean, that was a good unexpected change because before I used to struggle to tie my shoe, like the simple things like that. So coming from 
that to being able to tie my shoe without no effort has been unexpected. For me to kind of walk a whole mile without breaking a sweat before, I couldn't even walk five minutes to the kitchen. I mean, that was unexpected. Like, seeing those changes in my movement and, and like, moving and, and my, mo my m mobility has been, uh, been very unexpected. Being able to kind of fit normal clothes, being able to kind of come down on pants, shirts, and shoe sizes has been all of it has been unexpected, in my opinion, because I didn't think I can do this. You know, coming from being so obese to now being at a normal 200% weight, I mean, all of it was unexpected because I never thought I would do it. And what about on the mindset side, now that, you know, there was a change, you know, that the, the duodenal, like you said, the, the surgery is pretty invasive. So there's a, a real physical change to how your body even processes food. What has that been like on the mental side? Mentally, it's been frustrating sometimes, but then on the plus side, it has been rewarding because I'm saving a lot of money because I don't eat a lot. But on the flip side to that, it's like, you know, I, I can get a, let's say a 10 piece, you know, non-bread baked, baked wings here at my table, but I can only eat two of those 10. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Oh, he's like, you, you want to eat it all, but you know, you can't, you know, sometimes you have to deal with that. You have to deal with, you know, Hey, Sean, with the surgery comes with, you know, limited eating. So that's something that, you know, you struggle with, but at the same time, it's rewarding because you're saving a lot of money and you are constantly holding yourself accountable, not to make sure not to overeat and not to go overboard with things. Well, because if you go overboard, there's going to be a physical reaction. Yeah, you're going to throw up for mm -hmm. You know, you're going to, yeah. Then, yeah, you don't want that. Oh, Trust okay. me, I've been there. I've learned the hard way. <laughs> mm. So I, I think a question like, you know, I, and I get asked a lot, you know, you know, and not, you know, your experience isn't my experience, but, you know, having been through a weight loss journey where building, rebuilding that relationship with food has been a big part of it. And what I used food for has changed. You know, when you talked about that, you know, you have to, figure out how food can help you live, not just worry about food, taking care of all these other things for you. What do you do now when you're experiencing strong emotions or things don't go the way you expect? Like give us, give us some insight into like, how do you cope with life now without food as that tool? I think with me, I just kind of sit back and reflect why I even done this in the first place. So with me, like if, Food, if it comes to a situation where, hey, you know, it sucks that I can't eat what I want or in that, or I'm in that frustrating predicament, I have to kind of reflect, like, hey, Sean, there's a reason why you took, took on this journey. You wanted to change your overall appearance. You wanted to be healthy. So I can't get mad anymore because I chose this lifestyle and I want to become better with my relationship with food. So even though it may be frustrating and I may have those frustrating, conflicting days like, oh, it just sucks. I just want to eat. I just want to eat normal. But at the same time, I am eating. Like, I'm, it is not like I'm just fasting every day. Like, I am eating. I just have to make sure to be consistent and remind myself why, I'm, why I need to eat small, small portions. Because I don't want to go back to that wrong road and potentially gain all my weight back, you know. So it is a constant struggle every day. But you have to remind yourself why you took on the journey. And I think, too, something that we screw up in our heads is 
the way we used to eat that we saw as normal was not mm-hmm. normal. It wasn't. And it so wasn't even that desire to go back to some of that behavior is still from that disordered place of, okay, I know where eating like that got me. And I have this tool. And the other thing, you know, with, with surgery is, you know, you need to use the tool when it can serve you, you know, use it the way, you know, I think sometimes people think there's just a lot of magic involved, but it really isn't no, like there's a it's, it's a, it's a physical process. Yeah, it is. It's not all magic and cream. Like you still have to put the work in. You still gonna, you know, you still have to hold yourself accountable to your eating because it's, again, it's a tool. So that tool can, can hinder if you're not following the proper, you know, nutrition habits or you're not, you know, doing, you know, doing your daily physical activities such as exercising. You can go back into the wrong direction if you don't want to go. Oh, for sure. And so where are you at in your journey now, man? Right now, like, I'm at that, <laughs> I'm at that healthy, like, almost to the finish line with my goal weight. Right now, my goal is 200 pounds. That's my goal I want to be at. Right now, I'm at 230. Um, so, right now, I'm just on a maintenance plan where I'm, you know, still got 30 more pounds to go. But in that time, I'm also trying to do more muscular endurance where I'm trying to get more tone. Because with this rapid weight loss comes with a lot of skin, um, you know, loose skin. So, I'm having to work through that. So, that's another hurdle I'm going to have to get through. And that's something that, for me, I'm honestly insecure about when it comes to loose skin. Um, but I had a buddy of mine that says that treat your loose skin as a badge of honor. You work so hard to earn that loose skin. So don't be afraid to show it. And that's kind of one, one of the things I have to kind of make sure I remember with my insecurity with my loose skin, that that is a badge of honor. And I think that's the challenge for anyone that's been on a massive weight loss journey, whether they use surgery or Weight Watchers or keto or anything, you know, Loose skin, when, when you were over 500 pounds and you're, you lose the weight, loose skin is unavoidable. There's, there's no, when that much space was filled up, you know, there's going to be loose skin. Like, so what, you know, you talk about the, the challenges with it and, you know, trying to reframe that perspective. Like, how does, does it, does your skin, does it impact your life now? Like in terms of like your physical activity, like what is, let people know a little bit about that. Yeah, as of right now, it hasn't hit that stage where it's impacting my life physically. I just know probably long time, long down the line, it will. Um, it's just sometimes with like with my arms, for example, it's kind of a little saggy a little bit. So in photos, you may see my skin, but depending on how I pose, you might not see it all the way. But it hasn't tremendously impacted my life yet um, or anything crazy. If it comes down to a point, of course, I'm going to have to consider surgically removing the loose skin. But as of right now, I can't say for certain right now it hasn't affected me negatively anyway. In in life now, what what are your biggest challenges on a daily basis? Like what are you know, we know what the challenges are, you know, when you're over five hundred pounds. Like we talked a little bit about that. Like what are the things that challenge Sean now? I think myself, because I'm I'm I, I try to discipline myself every single day to be better than yesterday. So I think for me, I'm like, for me, like I'm trying to, I challenge myself each day and want to get myself better. And I hold myself on a higher standard to making sure not to go back to the old Sean. I want to go, I want to get to, I want to get to my normal weight. I want to have that, that healthy, you know, physique about myself. So I think that's one of my struggles is 
trying, I guess, me being impatient, and I have to remind myself, like, it's a journey, not a race. Um, so I'm always constantly thinking, like, okay, I need to hurry up and get to this goal weight. I need to hurry up and get to this goal weight. But I have to remind myself, like, Sean, just like it didn't, you know, it took months and years to get your 538 pounds, it's going to take some time to get to your goal weight. So you just got to be patient. Which I think is important because I also, yeah, I, I think that's something that people don't think about, especially with weight loss surgery, because losing weight at a rapid, you know, losing 300 pounds in a year and a half is incredible. And it sets up a pace that you expect, you know, it kind of, it, it shifts that perspective in terms of thing, you know, I did this in a year and a half, I should be doing the rest of, you know, the rest of this should just be in two weeks, I should be done. You know, I'm not saying you think two weeks, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think, what helps you to be able to slow your head down? Like, what is it about, you know, when you think about that, you know, yes, this was an incredible change that happened rapidly, but I'm working on things for the rest of my life, not just what happens this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with me just reflecting on my journey and just looking at my before and after pictures helped me a lot when it comes to those type of situations where I, if I feel like I'm impatient with myself or I feel like I'm too hard on myself, I just, I just sit back and kind of look at my before and after. Mm-hmm. I, I, and just continue to, be, continue to go down the right road I've been doing, like going to the gym eating correctly, like eating my, um, you know, just eating more like normal, you know, nutritious foods, like high protein foods, not going down that wrong road of, you know, eating bad foods, I think is kind of what calmed me down and kind of keeps me in check almost as, um, is where I turn. But for me, seeing my journey overall kind of keeps me in line and reminds myself like, hey, it's, okay. it's, it's a journey. And what does your nutrition look like now? Like, what does what your way of eating look like? Yes. So, for me, I eat um, at least 80 grams of protein a day. So, I eat my baked chicken. I eat my salmon. I cook my shrimp. I kind of meal prep for the week as well. That's something I also incorporated. For me, I also kind of eat no more than 50 grams of carbs. So, I kind of eat my potatoes here and there. Because for me, like, I don't want to not eat, like, you know, you want to eat normal, like, you don't want to kind of, you know, like, disappear, like, take away your carbs, like, cold turkey like that, you know what I'm saying, I don't know how to explain it, I'm sorry, Mike, but for me, I kind of do things in moderation, so I just eat, like, a minimum of 50 grams of carbs, rice, you know, starchy stuff, but most of my protein is my chicken, my, um, my salmon, my shrimp, things of that nature, um, for, for you know, water, I drink that at least eight, cups or almost like half a gallon to a gallon a day um if i want some like a juice or something of that line like i drink gatorade zero um or if i like if i have a craving for juice or anything like that i kind of dilute it with water and that kind of you know eliminates the excess sugar so that kind of helped me a lot when it comes to weight loss um and it's been working ever since sticking to that well, clearly it's working. Clearly you've seen some success. Like, what do you, when you look to the future, what are the things that you're, you, you look the most forward to? I look forward to being in an active place where my physique is looking good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at my goal weight. Um, I maybe, maybe I'll get in a relationship now because I'm not 
insecure about myself because before I've been single for years and years on end. But now with my new physique, I'm getting a lot of attraction from people that I would never think that would look at me, you know, twice. You know what I'm saying? Because that's another thing you're going to start to see. You're going to see a lot of people being more attractive to you. And for some reason, I want to be able to make sure I'm taken more seriously. I know this sounds crazy, but ever since I've lost a lot of this weight, I feel like people take me more seriously now and not a joke compared to when I was bigger. Some people might have had that same experience. I know for sure. So that would be my goal. Which I... I think it's one of the downsides of the way that our, our society looks at bigger people. Like you said, like it's, it's, there's, there's a tragic side to that, that it took you making a massive change for, because as a person, while there's a lot of changes on the, on the mindset side, you know, your knowledge and experiences, you know, add up to make you who you are. And for people to devalue it based on appearance, you know, is a hard thing to not only acknowledge, but then to work through, like you said, coming onto that other side. Where people who, you know, might not have given you a second glance, you know, not just in terms of attractiveness or anything along those lines, but just in terms of putting value on you, you know, to see that change is is a challenge. And is, is it's almost like it gives you that hard realization about how the world works and, you know, shows you the, yeah. the, the sadder side of things. Right. Exactly. No, for sure, man. So... Sean, your your journey has been, you know, amazing over the past year and a half, and I'm sure there's still more to come. What, if people out there listening do want to follow along or see what you've been through and kind of catch up with you, where do they find you, man? Yeah, so you can always find me on Instagram. Um, um, I underscore M underscore Sean underscore. You can kind of capture and see me um, and just follow my weight loss journey. You can reach out to me. Um, I'm also available on Facebook under Sean Lewis as well, where you can kind of reach out to me if you want to kind of have a one-on-one session with me and we can go a little deeper in conversation and talk about my weight loss journey and talk about everything. Mm-hmm. We can talk about it. Me, I'm very transparent with my weight loss journey and I'm open and honest. So if anybody wants to hear more of my story, check me out. I'm available. Which I think is a great resource for people, especially if someone out there is considering surgeries. Like yeah. I think it's really good, like you said, to talk to people that have been through it. Don't just, don't just, you know, because obviously doctors have one perspective, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the on the ground reporting of the people that have been through it that I think is most important. Right. Cause yeah, I, I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many different people on this show that have had such a wide variety of experiences when it comes to surgery, people that have had amazing success, people that, you know, had some success and then failed, like, there's all these this this spectrum that that comes into play and sometimes people want to just write off that experience but i think it's really important to get it firsthand from people that have been there so i know that someone out there is going to hear you know your willingness even just to talk about what you've been through and and hopefully take advantage of that because i think that's powerful yeah it's it's very powerful and and it's my truth like i am very open and honest like i don't i I, what you see is what you're going to get so if you have any doubts or if you need someone to talk to or if you're going through the same struggles I've been through, talk to me. We can kind of share and I can tell you every single thing that I've done and I'm, I'm not afraid to tell my story. Nope. Well, that's awesome. And Sean, I have really appreciated you opening up and sharing your story today on the show. 
I end every episode with the same five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Sure, go for it, mate. Okay, so question number one, Sean, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, oh my God. Any fat guy? Any at all. Like a comedian, anything? I think, anything. Uh, I anything. think Ruben Stutter, I love his singing. He's, he's awesome. I love him. For sure, for sure. Those people who don't know him, he was, was he second season of American Idol? Yep, American Idol, really? yep. Yep. He was he, one of those he's one of those early ones. He came right after Kelly Clarkson. Yes, he did. He was amazing. Love him. That's awesome. Question number two for you today, Sean. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One thing of fat uh being a fat guy, one thing that has taught me around that is being able to be disciplined and be cons- be patient with yourself and realize that it's a journey when it comes to being a fat guy. Like, nothing happens overnight. Be patient and be consistent and be disciplined. That's me. Definitely. And I think that plays into this next question, Sean. If someone out mm-hmm. there listening does want to get their journey started today, what is one one concrete thing that they can do? First, change your mindset and understand, is this something you really want to do? Um, because mindset is everything. If you don't have the mindset, you won't have the will. So first, you have to really reflect, like, hey, are you ready to make I think that's a really important answer because I think a lot of times, especially when I talk to people that have been successful on their journeys, Mm -hmm. they talk about how they weren't ready during different attempts, you know, how they weren't in that right place. They didn't get their head on straight. They, we think all the time, it's just about what we're putting on our plates and don't realize that there's so much more to this process. It is. You have to have mindset and you have to have will. So you have to have both. Definitely. Question number four, Sean, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Um, for me, I just love being, I just love having my, me, I'm a positive spirit. Um, I just love where I have the opportunity to make an impact on others when it comes to this journey and I'm more open and I'm transparent. So for me, my positivity and my transparent transparency is what makes me feel like I love myself. Awesome. And question number five, Sean, last question for you today. Tell us. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, I want to own my own business one day. Um, I want to do a business in um, vending machines. I was just talking to a buddy of mine um, where I want to kind of start creating vending machine businesses, mm-hmm. but I wanted to put healthy food in it. Um, so that's one thing I'm going to be looking into sometime next year so where I can kind of you know, explore and get my name out there. So I'm looking to open up a vending machine business. Nice. <laughs> so, Sean, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You are very welcome. I appreciate you having me, Mike. Thank you. And I will, if anyone out there wants to connect with Sean, like he said, I will put his information in the show notes. You can click that link and reach out to him. If you want to connect with me, you can, as always, find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And if you're interested in any of the opportunities that I have for coaching availability, whether that's actually working with someone on keto or just working on accountability and mindset, which we know is really important and clearly was shown in Sean's story today, you can find me at theketoroad.com. And then my friends, after you check all of that out, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourself because you're the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode 
of the Fat Guy Forum.